0: Because you were forsaken I'm accepted You were condemned Georgia Sure.
1: Well, good morning to you. It's certainly good to see you this morning. Thank you so much uh, for being here on this very beautiful but chilly Lord's Day. Uh, glad you have uh, made your way here. And we want to say uh, welcome to those of you that are our special guests today. Thank you for choosing to come and worship with us. It's good to have you with us. Hope that uh, whenever you came in, you were either handed or able to pick up a copy of our bulletin for this coming week. Uh, All of the announcements uh, that are pertinent to things that are happening today and in the weeks to come are listed for you there in your bulletin. So please make sure you read those. Uh, I will tell you that uh, we still have room in our discovery class. If you've been visiting with us and you've been uh, worshiping with us and you've been praying about maybe becoming a part of uh, First Baptist Church of Locust, then I want to invite you to be a part of that. That starts next Sunday morning at 945. And uh, if you want more information about it, or would like pra- to participate, please uh, see me this morning. I'll be glad to, to talk with you about that. And want to say thank you uh, to the uh, to Miss Diane Earnhardt and the family for sharing these beautiful flowers with us today in memory of Miss Helen Honeycutt. Uh, We appreciate that so much. It makes uh, uh, everything beautiful up here, and we need all the help we can get when I'm standing up here. But it's good to see you. Thank you for being here. Let's take a moment to pray together, and we'll get uh, about the business of why we're here. Our Father and our God, how good it is to be in the Lord's house on this Lord's day. To be able to come together with family and friends and uh, with neighbors. Maybe some people we're meeting for the very first time today. But to be able to come together and to worship together, to proclaim your glory, to proclaim your goodness, to declare that you truly are worthy of our love and adoration. And Lord, today we come to praise you for who you are. We come to praise you for all that you've done for us. We know, Lord, that uh, your word tells us, and we know it to be true, that every good and perfect gift. ...comes from your hand to us. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for walking with us in our valleys. We thank you for walking with us on our mountaintops. But most of all, Lord, just thank you for walking with us... ...and never leaving us and never forsaking us. And today we come, Lord, to give you glory. We pray that everything that we do today... ...from the songs that we sing... ...to the times of fellowship we enjoy... ...even the as we study your word, Lord... ...that everything we do today will bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus, the name above every name. And it's in that name we pray. Amen.
0: Let's stand together and sing about that victory that we have in Jesus.
2: His cleansing power revealed me How He made the lane to walk again And cause the blind to see And then I cried, dear Jesus Come and heal my broken spirit And somehow Jesus came and brought To me the victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever Loved
0: me and bought me With his redeeming blood He loves me ere I knew him And all my love is to Him. He wants me to victory
2: i heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some sweet day I'll sing up there the song that's victory. Oh victory Jesus my Savior
0: forever He me and
1: Uh, let's go to the Lord Prayer. Uh Lord, that song, this victory in Jesus, this reminds me that we have so much to be grateful for. You have blessed us. Lord, because of you we already we already have the victory. Lord, we've come to give a portion just a, a little bit back to you, just to just to thank you for all you've given. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.
0: to be seated.
1: Well, indeed, it is good to see you this morning, and I hope that uh, as we sing about victory in Jesus and we sing about love lifting us, that you can sing of that uh, in the first person. You know all about it. You sing about it personally. From a heart that's filled with the victory of Jesus and a heart that's been lifted by the love of Jesus. Good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being here. I want to invite you to join me in the book of Colossians, chapter number two. Colossians, chapter number two. And while you're making your way there, uh, I uh, want to uh, say welcome. Dr. Molina is able to be with us today, and his, his wife is able to be with us. She arrived uh, just uh, a couple, of uh, about a week ago, I think it is. So we're glad to have them with us today, and uh, Dr. Molina is working very closely with, uh, of course, uh, Dr. Serrano and uh, Applauso Ministries. And uh, we all know that Applauso is... He's the face, okay? He's that good looking face, but behind him is that hard working woman, Miss Lita, that makes all the things run. We know that's right, don't we, Miss Lita? Uh, but he is working, Dr. Molina is working uh, very closely with uh, Plazo and also uh, uh, in conjunction and partnership with our church to, uh, with a Spanish speaking work that we're trying to get going here, and they have done a tremendous amount of work and have a lot going on. So we welcome them. Good to have you with us today. God bless you. Uh, In Colossians chapter number 2, today I want to share with you uh, two verses of Scripture, uh, verses 6 and verse 7. And today we're going to be looking at, uh, as far as a topic matter, subject matter, pictures of progress. So let's read those uh, verses together. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 6. Paul writes, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Let's take an opportunity to pray together this morning. Our Father and our God, it is humbling for us to be able to come into your presence. And we know, Lord, that we have this privilege, not because of anything that we've done to earn this privilege, but that the only reason we can approach your throne today is because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have opened the door, you've made a way for us not only to have eternal life and to know you, but to also have this privilege of prayer. And God, we come to you today asking for your guidance as we study your word. We know, Lord, that these are holy words. These are sacred words, that they are filled with purpose and meaning. And Lord, we know that in our finite minds often it's hard for us to understand. So by the power of the Holy Spirit today who inspired Paul as he wrote these words, Lord, now speak to our hearts so that we can not only understand these words, but that these words may, may transform our very hearts and lives today. And God, we just pray that whatever it is that you want to accomplish in us and through us during our time together this morning, that it will be accomplished. And it will be for our good, but it will always be for your glory. And we pray all of this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. It's been said that a picture is worth a thousand words. And I I think in a lot of cases that is found to be true. And we know that one of the things that Paul, the Apostle Paul, liked to do was to use word pictures to help his listeners understand. We we know that Jesus was the master at teaching with, with word pictures he would say things like uh, the kingdom of god is likened unto a a field where there's a great treasure or or he would speak of, of of things that his listeners would understand immediately what he was talking about and and then he would relate that to to the kingdom of god and how it works and and how you can become a part of it and how good god is and it was just common and paul had learned how to use these word pictures to help people understand. And so that's what he was very capable in his writing of doing. In today's passage, he's he's going to give us three pictures. But these are pictures of a born-again believer, a true follower of Jesus, who is growing in their spiritual maturity. You see sometimes that 's hard for us to measure it 's easy for us to measure our physical growth. We do that by height or we may do it by weight or by uh, by body mass and things of that nature we it's easy for us to 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 measure our physical growth it's often easy for us to measure our intellectual growth we we take we take exams and, and tests, and they show us what we've learned and what we still need to polish up on, things that we've yet to learn. They, they reveal those things to us of, of our intellectual growth. But how do we measure our spiritual growth? If we are a born-again believer truly saved by grace... Now, let me tell you what that means. That means that at some point in your life, you have come to that understanding, realization that you are a sinner, headed for a devil's hell, and you can't save yourself. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, that you are a sinner, and you're lost in your sin. And in that moment that you realize that, you've turned to the only hope and help you've got, and that is Jesus Christ. Who paid the penalty for your sin, who took your death, who took your wrath and took your punishment upon himself on a cruel cross. But then victoriously rose again on the third day, offering to anyone who would come to him that forgiveness, that, that, that opportunity to be in right standing with God and eternal life. That's what I mean when I talk about the term Christian or born again believer. It's a person who has surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. How do you measure your growth spiritually? He gives us some pictures here. And by using these three uh, pictures, we can measure our personal progress in growing in our Christ-likeness. And by the way, that's what spiritual maturity is. It is that growth that takes place in our faith and in our heart and in our spiritual life where we are in the process of becoming more christ-like more like jesus every day in fact the bible tells us that that is the will of god that every believer be conformed or or transformed into the image of the son of god that we become like jesus but i would suggest to you today that If there is one great problem that is plaguing the New Testament church today, that it would be an overabundance of immature believers. These are born-again people who have given their life to Christ. They're saved by grace. They're on their way to heaven. They've been redeemed by Jesus Christ and made right with God. But they're stunted in their spiritual growth. And and unlike our physical growth we measure that sometimes in years. We speak of our birthdays. Randy and I were talking a few moments ago we both recently had a birthday. We were talking about how we were we're getting older but he's he says he's getting better looking and I'm not. I I, I agree with him on that. But but we we're, we're getting older and we measure it in years. But do you know you can't measure spiritual growth in years? Because spiritual growth is what takes place in our faith and not necessarily in our physical body. So today I want to use these three pictures. And I want to ask you to do something as we go through this. I want you to take these three pictures and use them as God's measuring stick and put it against your life. And and I want you, because, see, God already knows the truth. You're not going to reveal something to God today. God's getting ready to reveal something to you. How are you doing and how are you growing in your spiritual life? Are you becoming more mature spiritually? So what's this first picture that Paul gives to us? We find it in verse number 6 of chapter 2 in Colossians. Where he says to us, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. The picture is of a journey. The picture is of a a pilgrim that is on a journey. They have set their course. And it's true that every journey has a beginning point. But every journey also has a destination. What good is a journey if you know where you're starting, but you don't know where you're going? This journey has both. It has a starting point. That is, in the moment that you surrendered your life to Jesus and you gave your life to Him and, and confessed Him as your Lord, your Master, your Savior, that was your beginning point. But where's the where, where's the destination? The destination is to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Now, here's some good and some bad news. The good news is we're going to continually, if we're working at it and if we're, we're growing spiritually, we're going to continue to grow more like Him right here, right now in this life. The bad news is we won't completely make it until we get there to heaven. And then the Bible says that we shall see Him as He is and we shall be like Him. So that that graduation day is ahead, and it's it's there. That's the destination point we're all working toward. Paul points that our beginning point is that faith in Christ as Savior and Lord. And he points out that the key to reaching the destination of Christ's likeness is to daily walk in faith. Now, you, if, if, you're, if you are a truly born-again believer, you will remember that moment when in faith you trusted God to do something for you that you could not do for yourself. You trusted there was something that happened inside of your spiritual life. The moment that you came to Jesus and you said, Lord, I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I agree with you that I, I, am, I, am, I am filled with wretchedness and rottenness. But Lord Jesus, I believe you are the, my only hope and you are the answer. And in that moment when you place your faith, you trust that Jesus can do what Jesus said he could do. And that saved you. In that moment, you exercised spiritual faith. And he says, as you came to Christ in faith, now you must walk journey in that faith. So many believers live as though their salvation experience is the destination point. Now, the problem with that is, is that's the beginning point. It can't be the destination point because it's the beginning point. And and if your destination and your beginning point is the same thing, then guess what? You haven't gone anywhere. You you haven't made any progress. Now, most people understand that in the physical realm. We understand that our physical birth isn't the ending point. It isn't the destination. That that's the beginning point. In the moment that we are birthed into this world as a newborn we begin developing and we begin growing uh, as as those small children uh, that are newly born we're we're helpless We need mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or or whoever that guardian may be. We need that person to take care of us. We need them to provide food for us. We need them to provide clothing for us and shelter for us and help for us. And, And if we're going to get from one room to another room, we surely can't get there without them. We are totally and completely dependent upon our parents, but something amazing begins to happen as these physical bodies begin to grow as we as we are as we are nourished and as we are taught suddenly we begin to develop abilities that we didn't have before that's the beauty of watching this. A child, as it comes into this world, began to grow and, and, and to mature and, and to learn to do things for themselves. And And before long, they, they don't need you to transport them from room to room. You're chasing them from room to room. And, and before long, you don't have to feed them. They're grabbing food off of your plate and shoving it in their mouth themselves. They're learning how to grow to be an adult. We understand that in the physical realm, don't we? So much of it is true in the spiritual realm. We're not just born or born again spiritually and we're done. Now we begin the journey of growing. And if, if our physical children were to become stunted in their growth, if for some reason they, they ceased to develop and ceased to grow, we would say then there's a problem that needs to be addressed with that child. There's a physical issue that needs to be addressed. Something is wrong. But so much of the time that happens spiritually and we think nothing of it. We are to be on this journey of growing spiritually. Our spiritual growth, becoming more like Jesus, begins at the moment that we trust Him as Savior. But that's not where it ends. We walk by faith. That sounds so good. That's one of those good church cliches. But what does it mean? Can, Can I tell you what walking by faith is? It's believing that Jesus is who He says He is. Believing that He did what He said He would do and believing that He is doing in you and for you and around you right now exactly what He said He would do in you, around you, and for you. That's walking by faith. Faith in Jesus ushers us into His family, and it's that faith in Jesus that that matures us as we're growing and we're walking in our journey. So let's just stop right there with picture number one. And let's just ask the question, where are you in your journey? Maybe this morning you haven't even started your journey spiritually yet. You've never come to Jesus as as a sinner that needed a Savior. Maybe you've yet to begin that journey. Can I tell you something? That is the journey you were created to take. God created you and everything about you was designed to take this spiritual journey. And if you're living your life not on this journey, you're missing the very point of your creation. You're missing out on what God's plan and God's purpose. You're missing out on God's strength and God's power. You're missing out on God's presence. You're missing out on everything that God created you to experience. You're missing out on it. So there comes a point when we have to decide, today's the day, I'm going to take that journey. The Holy Spirit of God is showing me that I have have disobeyed God and there's nothing I can do to erase that disobedience. And I need Jesus to do for me what I cannot do for myself. And that is to wash away all of my sin. And here's the good news, he's done that for you. That's the whole reason why we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate Easter together. That's the whole reason why we come together on Sunday mornings. is to celebrate the fact that Jesus did something for us that we could not do for ourselves. We like to refer to it as the gospel. That God became man in the person of Jesus, lived a sinless life. He, he, he showed us what it meant to be a, a person that is pleasing to God. And then when, when, when he, he, he wanted to fulfill his mission, when it was time to fulfill his mission, he took upon himself your transgression, my transgression, your, 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 your disbelief and my disbelief. He took upon himself your disobedience and my disobedience, your sin and my sin and he bore them on the cross and there on the cross he did for you what you could not do for yourself. He purchased redemption for you. He paid your penalty for your sin. Now here's where faith comes in. Do I trust him enough that what I read and what I hear and, and, and what has been shared with me about him that it's true? Do I really believe that I can take my eternal fate and put it in the hands of Jesus and that He will save me? And can I tell you as one who has done that, can I tell you from the testimony of of those in this book who did that, can I tell you from the testimony of those others who are in this room who have done that, yes, you can place your faith in Jesus because He will do what He said He will do for you. That begins your journey. Some of you have already began your journey, but somehow, some way, you got called off on a, a sidetrack. You, you started walking spiritually and, and growing spiritually, and your faith was growing, but somewhere along the way, a distraction happened. Uh, something caught your attention. Something pulled you off of the path of that maturity. And along the way, you stopped spiritually growing, and you stopped your journey. Well, I want to tell you, today's a great day. There's something about January 15th that just sounds like it would be a great day to restart your journey Today would be a great day to say, you know what? I've been off that path long enough. I I have not been traveling as I should. I've not been walking with God as I should. I've not been growing in my understanding and knowledge of Christ as I should. I'm going to, today's the day I'm getting back on my journey. So how's it going with your journey? There's a second picture that he gives us. Because in verse number seven, he says, not only have you received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in him. He then says, having been firmly rooted and now built up in him, established in your faith, just as you were instructed. So that picture is of a tree, firmly rooted, firmly grounded, firmly established. Uh, the key to a Tree's ability to weather the storm lies in the establishment of its root system. The key to a a tree being able to grow is in the health of its root system. If it has diseased roots, the tree will die. If it has shallow roots, then it it can't withstand the storm's that may come. In fact, the deeper the roots grow, the stronger the tree becomes. The more sturdy and established the tree becomes. But the reverse is also true. The more shallow the roots, the weaker the tree. Anybody here got pine trees around their house? Am I the only one that has that curse? Jeez, Whiz. Don't you get nervous every time a big windstorm comes up? Don't you get nervous every time that uh, they, they're calling for that, that ice storm? Because you know, you understand that those trees have shallow, shallow root systems and that it's not going to take much. Maybe the, the just the, the wind in just the right direction at just the right velocity or the just the right weight of the ice on the limbs and they're going to come crashing down. And then there's all that cleanup that you have to do. You see, a lot of times we think we're spiritual oaks when we're, we're, what we are is really spiritual pine trees. <laughs> Sometimes that's what we are. Spiritual pine trees. Oh man, we can grow tall and we can spread our branches and, and we may look good, but then let the storm come. And all of a sudden our faith gives way. And we topple. You see, he wants us to grow up to be more like the mighty oak. Whose taproot can grow, can, can grow hundreds of feet into the ground. Whose, whose root system doesn't just grow outward but grows downward. So that it takes, the, it takes the strongest of storms to even threaten that oak tree. That's what he wants us to become. The, the picture here that Paul is painting for us is that mighty oak with roots that reach deep into the earth these believers in this city of Colossae they were in a fierce storm there was false teaching that was being swirling around them the the storm of misinformation the storm of False information, the storm of bad teaching, the storm of wrong theology, the storm of, of, of all of these, uh, these things that Satan were, was, was whipping up and throwing at these believers was swirling around them. And if they weren't rooted in their faith, they were going to fall. Many of them who were weak in their faith, would be swept away by heresy. Listen to this. Barna Research Institute, and by the way, if you're not familiar with Barna Research Institute, they do religious surveys, let's call them. They study the spiritual temperature of of the nation. They've been collecting data now for 20 years. They just recently released this. For 20 years. And here's here's what they, they said. That as of the completion of that 20 year period, that the modern day Christian, those Americans who identify themselves as a Christian, that only 25% of those Christians attend church regularly. Now, let me, if you want to know what regularly is, let me back up. You know what they called regularly? One time a month. Only 25% of Americans who called themselves Christians, who called themselves oak trees, were attending church at least once a month. That shows shallow roots. And, And by the way, As of the end of that study, 21% of Americans identify themselves as atheist or agnostic. In other words, there's almost as many people in America that don't believe there is a God or don't believe you can know a God as there are people who show up in church on Sunday morning one time a month. Wow. 35% of the people who identified themselves as born-again believers... In their survey said that they never read their Bible. 35% said they never read their Bible. And 10% said they read it less than twice a year. Now you put those together, that's startling. That, don't miss that. 45% of those in America who call themselves Christians read their Bible twice or less in a year. That's spiritual shallowness. That doesn't mean that they're not saved. It doesn't mean they're not born again. It doesn't mean that they're not going to heaven. There's, there's a lot of that I would question, but what it does mean is that they're, they, they've not, they're not growing. They're not, their roots are not being submerged in the Word of God. They're, they're, they're not being rooted and founded and established and so that when the storms swirl around them, that they can withstand the storms that are thrown their way. That's what a shallow root system looks like. King David understood how important this was, how important it was to be rooted in the Word of God and in the the worship of God and in, in the person of God. He understood that. Listen to what he writes in his very first Psalm. Psalm number one. Listen to what he writes. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And Now, don't miss this. Here's what he says. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. Wow. David said there's something to this. This, this growing in knowledge and understanding uh, uh, of God, there's, there's something to this in, in taking what we have as God's word and, and rooting ourselves in it. There's something to that. And, and, and it's, it's, if we're not doing that, we're, we're robbing ourselves of the spiritual nutrition that it takes for our roots to grow. So here's test number two. Test number one is where are you on your journey? Have you started it yet, if you have? How far, have you, how, how far are you from where you got in? <laughs> Let's put it that way. How far down the road have you traveled? The second picture and the second test is your roots. How rooted are you and established are you ...in the Word of God so that when storms come your way... ...and listen, my friend, if you're not in one, you're either coming out of one or going into one. But everybody has storms. How is your life going to stand up against life's most fierce storms if you're not rooted... ...and you're not established and you're not grounded? That's the picture he gives there... Picture number three is found in those last few verse, those last few words of verse number seven. Because he not only says that you're rooted in being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, but then he says, and overflowing with gratitude. That's like a river that's overflowing its banks. I want you to I want you to picture something with me. Now, I, I like to visit the mountains i don 't want to live there simply because I have trouble trying to mow the grass like this, okay um, I love to visit the mountains, but imagine if you will you 're on the top of a mountain and there 's this a small stream, the beginning of a stream and it it 's just trickling if you will, down from that mountain top its flow is very light and the banks are narrow i mean it's not anything for you to to step over it or or to or to with a small effort jump over it and it's it's just narrow and it's the the flow is light but as that stream begins to move toward the ocean something amazing begins to happen all these tributaries from small creeks and small streams begin to empty its waters into that one stream And suddenly, as it flows farther and farther, the stream now grows in volume in its flow, and its banks begin to expand just to be able to contain the waters. And so now, if you were to cross that same stream, but you were to cross it at the bottom of the mountain, now you may need some type of bridge. Or it may just be too, it just may be just shallow enough where you can wade across it. But it's going to take some effort to do it now then it continues to flow and the farther it flows the more the the stream begins to grow until the stream now is no longer a stream now it's a river <laughs> all of these All of these other streams are dumping into it and all these other tributaries are dumping into it. And now it's a river and you can get your kayak and you can go sit in it and, and, and float down the river or you can get you an inner tube and enjoy the rushing of its waters. There's, there's so much more you can do, but just to get out there and try to walk across it, you're not going to do that. Now we got a river. It's banks are wide and its volume is large and it's it's growing as it gets closer and closer to the ocean that is the picture that we have here that Paul is using it's the image of a maturing believer that at the beginning of their journey yeah maybe their maybe their roots are shallow maybe the, the the volume of information they understand is a little bit but they're growing And the farther they go, the more they learn, the more these tributaries of understanding that God is bringing into their life might be a Sunday school teacher. It might be a pastor. It might be a really close Christian friend. It it, it could be a a Bible teacher or whatever it may be. These things are emptying into your life and suddenly you're getting, your stream is getting faster. It's getting deeper. It's getting wider. You're starting to become more than just a stream. You're, You're becoming a river. As a believer. But it doesn't stop there. He says that this one. Is overflowing. Now now listen to what happens. The farther this stream goes. And the more. The more tributaries. And other streams that are emptying into it. The faster the water begins to flood. And to rise. And then suddenly there's a storm. Suddenly, there's a storm. Hey, we had them, hadn't we? Where I grew up, we called them uh, frog stranglers. I don't know what they you called them here in Stanley County. Gully washers. Yeah, what'd you call them? Gully washers. Well, I got a gully. It ain't washed mine out. It just clogs it up. That ain't right. It means I got a bad gully, I guess. But a big storm comes. Oh, or maybe it's just a heavy snow. But then suddenly the amount of water flowing into that stream increases to such a point that it can no longer, that that river can no longer hold its bounds. And it begins to to overflow. Now, Now listen to what he's saying here. The overflow of a beginner's life, as they are growing in their spiritual life, as they're growing in their spiritual walk, they're growing deeper in their roots in the in the understanding and the knowledge and in the word of God. They're, getting, they're becoming that river now. They're they're get their knowledge is wider, their understanding is deeper, and and the water volume is 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 much greater. But listen, then the storm comes. He said, But listen, when it overflows, it overflows with thanksgiving and gratitude don't miss that the storm has come i mean this the gully washer the bottom's falling out and the winds are blowing and 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 life is just going chaos and in the middle of it this believer who's become this river whose banks begin to overflow are overflowing not with despair. They're not overflowing with, with, with disillusionment. It's being overflowing with gratitude and thanksgiving that no matter how big the storm is, they're able to stand in the midst of the flood and say, thank you, God, you're with me right now. I'm so glad I got you because I need you right now. I, my banks can't hold all of the, all of the, that's being flowing into my life. I, I, my, my roots are deep and I'm, I'm standing strong, but God, I'm glad I got you. Thanksgiving and gratitude overflowing. Well, I want to tell you, there's something about being around a, a mature believer who's in a storm. Yeah, they may not always have a smile on their face. They may not be happy go lucky. There may be tears and brokenness. There may be all types of times of grieving and but deep down inside of them they're overflowing with this thankfulness and gratitude. I, I, I can't tell you How often I hear this. I don't know how people who don't have a relationship with God. I don't know how they make it through things like this. Can I tell you how they make it through things like that? Not very well. They get washed out. Tree blown over. Limbs broken off. In their life in the midst of the storm falls apart. So that brings us to our third and last picture and question and evaluation. Where where are you in your journey? How deep are your roots but are your banks overflowing with gratitude and thanksgiving these pictures illustrate a believer that's growing spiritually so the last thing we have to do is just measure our own life I've My parents never did this for me. I don't remember us ever doing it for our children, but I've talked to so many people who did that there was a particular door jam or a particular place in their house where every year mom or dad would have their child back up against the wall. And they'd take a little ruler and they'd rest it on top of their head and they'd put a little mark there. And then they'd tell them to step away. What's the purpose of that? Just so you can write on a wall and not get in trouble, I guess? No. It's to show how much you've grown since the last time you were measured. And oftentimes uh, it may seem like it's just so little. But then there's those years. And every parent knows what that's like with their kid. You can't, I mean, they're bottomless pits, you can't keep them enclosed. It seems like every time you turn around, they're, they're, they're another inch taller. And, and that year, they back up against the wall, and you see this big leap, and you go, wow, look how much you've grown this year. That's what we need to do spiritually. We need to let God back us up against the wall of His Word and take His measuring stick and kind of show us where we are Spiritually. And, and, what I, and when that happens, here's what I pray. I pray that you've seen some growth since the last time that happened. But I pray this also, that you're not satisfied with that. That next year, in the, or the next time, whenever it may be that God does it again, you see that, that growth spurt take place. So how are you, spiritually speaking? Three pictures. That God gives us to help us gauge and measure our growth. That journey. That tree. And that river. In just a moment, we're going to end our time together today. and We're going to stand and we'll sing together. The whole purpose behind that is not just so we can sing one more time before we leave. Even though we love to sing. But the whole purpose for that time is for us to to decide what we're going to do with what what we've got now see here's here's the truth you and I are forever without excuse now because we've been given the truth of god's word right here it's been it's in front of us today, so now we've got to decide what we're going to do with it. am I going to ignore it? am I going to throw it to the side and say oh that's for another day or am i going to am I going to use it am I going to let what i've heard today what god is telling me today impact my life right now and during our time when we sing together that's when we make that decision oftentimes in in church life we call it invitation you it's it's whatever you want to call it but it really is just a time to to decide what am i going to do with this sometimes people may feel led to to come bow on an altar and pray there and And have others pray with them. You're always welcome to do that. It's always open for you. Sometimes others say. Well you know what. I know that God can hear me right where I'm at. And you know he can. And it may be that. Right there where you are today. Is the day that. You let God do that measuring. And you make that decision. What you're going to do on your journey. How. Deep your roots are and where they need to go. How wide your banks are and how wide they need to be. How deep the flow is and how deep it needs to be. That, that you can do it right where you are. But my prayer is that when we get done singing in just a few moments and we walk out of here. You'll be changed. Not because of anything I've said or done. But because God's word has impacted your heart today. And made a difference in your spiritual life today. Haven't started your journey. Can I tell you something? I would love, love, love to share with you how you can start your journey right here, right now, today. I'll be down front. If you want to come and speak with me, I'll be right here at this front pew. You're welcome to come. I'd love to pray with you, talk with you. Whatever you you need, I'll be there. But this is our opportunity to respond. Let's pray. Our Father, we try to make it so difficult sometimes. We try to take the simple truth of your word and we try to (laughs) turn it into something it was never intended to be. Where it's so difficult to understand that we just can't quite grasp it. Lord, it's so simple. You've told us today our our spiritual life is like a journey journey a tree, a stream. You've given us those pictures, Lord, so that we can do so much more than just envision our spiritual life, but so that we can measure it today. Lord, you already know the truth about us. You know exactly where every one of us are in relation to our journey, whether we've even started it or not, and where we are in it. You, you already know how deep the roots of our spiritual life are. You've already measured it. Lord, you you already know how deep or how wide our understanding and faith is as that stream. But Lord, thank you for allowing us to be able to see it for ourselves today. In these next few moments, Lord, will you you speak to our hearts? Show us what we need to do next. Show us our next step. Help us to understand that where we are is not where you want us to stay, but that you have so much more lying ahead for us if we'll just if we'll just spiritually grow toward it. And we thank you, Lord, that you're not asking us to do something in our own power and strength. That by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, you are with us to grow us and to show us the these things to help us become deeper and wider with our roots and and deeper and wider in our faith lord you're here with us we don't have to figure it out for ourselves we don't have to manufacture this this is something you want to do in us so lord today let this be the day of new beginnings let this be the day of of renewed journeys And we thank you, Lord, that because we're being obedient to you, you will honor our faith and you will grow us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you that you want us to be on this journey. You want us to have those kind of roots. You want us to be deep in our faith and wide in our faith. Lord, you want us to have that. Show us what we need today is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. you again for being here today. God bless you. It's so good to see you. Uh, don't forget uh, to make sure you, you read through all your bulletin, all the announcements that are there, uh, baby shower this afternoon, and discipleship groups meeting this afternoon, and uh, all kind of good stuff. So make sure you're informed on everything that's going on. I'm uh, going to take just a moment to pray, and we'll be dismissed. Yes.
0: Um. So uh, some of you may see my little announcement about wanting to get together another choir for Easter and Good Friday. Um, I just felt Christmas was just so awesome to be back up there, and I'd love to do it again to celebrate the Passion and the Resurrection. So I'm stepping out on faith that folks are going to come out. So on Wednesday, February the 1st, 7.30, down in the choir room, I I will be there ready to practice. I will have some great music. I will load it on our choir website so that you can listen to it if you've got any questions uh please just just contact me i'd love to talk to you
1: and the music ministry gets to eat some of the best food of any of the ministries in the church so if uh, nothing else come out and be a part of the easter cantata so you can eat some of that good food thank you again for being here today let's be dismissed in a word of prayer our father and our god thank you again for allowing us to be here today what a joy it is to be in your house and to be with your people and lord i just pray that uh as each of us go our separate ways now, Lord, that you'll just keep each one safe on the journey. We pray that, Lord, this week will be a week where we can actually see that spiritual growth taking place in our, in our personal lives. And, and, God, I just pray that uh, as we do so, you give us that strength and courage to keep growing. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for who you are. Dismiss us now with your great love is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.